Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, hey, good to see everyone today. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. I'm so glad you are here. Yes, celebrate. God is good. Hey, if you're new with us at Centerpoint, I just want to say thanks for coming. My name is John. I'm lead pastor here. And uh, we're starting a new series today called Inside Out. And I'm excited about this one. Um, uh, I, so there's this, this conversation that sometimes unfolds a, in my family. And it goes a little bit something like this. My, my wife, Anne, will say something to me. She'll look at me and say, you know, I really love your blue eyes. And then she'll say it again. I, I really, you know, I really love the color. of it. I love the blue, especially if it's like a nice day and I'm in a good mood and I'm wearing a blue shirt and they're extra blue. She'll say, I really love your blue eyes. And then she'll say, I wish I had your blue eyes. And then she'll, she'll just kind of go with that for a little bit. You know, I wish I could change my eyes and have your blue eyes. And wouldn't that be amazing? Like that jet black hair with sparkling blue eyes. That would be pretty cool. But I also uh, hear her saying, I wish our kids could have your blue eyes. I wish, what would it be like? And, and I'm personally thinking to myself, you know, her, her eyes are just great the way they are. I mean, and she'll say, even if they are just little black dots, you still like them? And yeah, anyway. <laughs> so this, this conversation happens, I don't know, every so often, and it's just kind of part of what we do. But uh, I wonder if you can relate to the idea of having something about yourself that you, yeah, whether you're joking or, or for real, you feel like it, you wish you could change it. And, and maybe even sometimes you, you might sit down uh, in a, in a group situation, someone will throw out a little icebreaker and they'll do that question. If there was one thing you could change about yourself, Michael, what would it be? What would that one thing be? You know? And you probably have some answers. And, and for a number of us around the room, we might think about some things we would think, you know, I would like to change the, uh, the thickness of my bones. I wish there were, or I, I wish I could change the length of my hair. I'm personally working on that right now. Or, or we might think, I wish I could change the color of my eyes. Or I wish I could change the pitch of my voice. You probably never heard that one, right? But you, you might think to yourself, yeah, I wish I could uh, change the, uh, the, the width of my body or the girth of my body. Or some of you might think, you know, you've seen that person who did that thing with their butt and you're thinking, maybe I could, you thought about it for like a split second. Others of you, you're just wondering, are you allowed to say that in church? And it already happened. It already happened. But there are just things sometimes that we might find ourselves thinking we wish we could change, you know? And uh, the things that I just mentioned, all of those things, the truth is you can, you know, one way or another, you can probably make some of those things. The changes that are on the outside, you know, they're, they're pretty doable. But what if, what if we were not just in a big old congregation, but we were, what if we were close friends and we were sitting down over coffee and we started talking about that same question? Is there any one thing that you wish you could change about yourself? And, and you might answer it a little bit differently. You might dig a little deeper and you might kind of look around and make sure that they're not there or whatever. And you might lean in and say to me, you know, yeah, actually, I would change that, um, that, that Irish temper that I've got, or that Italian temper, or that uh, Asian temper, or that African temper, or that Latino temper, or that Viking temper, whatever kind of temper. You might say that's one of the things. Or you might say, you know, I wish I could change that, um, that, that feeling of insecurity that just kind of nags at me from the inside. You might say, you know, I just, I wish I could change that, that critical 
criticizing spirit. I don't know. It just kind of comes out. I wish I could change this harshness that I walk around with. Or I wish I could change that, uh, that people-pleasing thing that's just kind of in me from somewhere. Or I wish I could change that, that feeling that I'm under this dark cloud all the time. Or I wish I could just change this stupid addiction. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's a lot of those kinds of things, right, that that are quite a bit deeper than the surface, that truth be known, a lot of us can relate to this feeling of wishing that those things could, could change, wanting for those things to change. And I want to tell you today that there is actually a way that those kind of changes can happen. And that there is, there is a way that you can partner with God in beginning to, to see that happen. But it's not from the outside in, it's from the inside out. The journey of transformation that God wants to take you on begins from within. It begins from within. That's the title of my message today. It begins from within. Why don't you just say the title of my message? It begins from within. And the journey of transformation that God is wanting to invite each of us into it is, it is on his heart. God is looking at you and me, and, and I don't think he's so concerned with you know, the length of your hair or the, the width of your bones or whatever, but he's looking at your heart and, and envisioning what he desires for you to become. And God's heart, it's expressed in one place in the Bible through the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians 4.19, where Paul says, inspired by the Spirit with the heart of God, he says these words, he says, oh, my dear children. I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again, and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your life. Until Christ is fully developed in your life. This is what God's looking at. God's looking at you and going, yeah, I'm going right for the very depth of who you are, and this is what I want to do. I want Christ to be fully developed in your life. I like the way uh, I learned this verse in an earlier translation. It uses a particular word that I like. It's in the NIV. It says, my dear children. I want you to read this one aloud with me. Ready, go. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Say those words again. Until Christ is formed in you. One more time, say it. Until Christ is formed in you. Now, make it personal and say it about yourself. Until Christ is formed in you in me. God's not stopping and he's not done with you until Christ is formed in you. And that process is going to continue until the day you breathe your last and step into his very presence. And, and so this is what God's goal is. God's goal is not just a little bit of, of a self-help improvement plan, a little here, a little there. God's goal is for Christ to be formed in you. And you know that word, formed in you. In the original Greek of the Bible, it's the word morpheo. The, until Christ is morpheoed in you. Morphed. We get our word morphed from that. And so God wants to do some morphing in you. And it's not that he's morphing you into Christ. That would be bizarre New Age nonsense. But what God wants to do is he wants to morph Christ in you. That all of the goodness and peace, and strength, and power, and love of Jesus would be morphed into you. More and more, little by little, a lot by a lot, 
over the course of your life. This is what God wants to do. It's what he is at work desiring to do in you until Christ is formed in you. That's God's idea. And what you and I get to do is to recognize that that's what God wants to do and keep showing up and keep giving more of our heart over to him and saying, keep going for it. Daddy, I trust you. But here's the thing. God wants to keep morphing Christ into you, but we live in a world that Jesus described as uh, being touched by the power of the prince of the air. That was Jesus referring to the demonic presence of the devil. And Jesus is saying, yeah, the world that we live in, there is a way in which it wants to put its imprint on you. And it's not necessarily the imprint that God would want at all. And there's a way in which the world would like to to bend you and shape you and also morph you if it could and say, in a sense, this is what you're allowed to think. This is what you're allowed to say out loud in public. And this is what you should be doing with your body. And this is how you ought to, you just got to, you know, do sex like this and do drugs and and whatever else like that and eat this and spend like this. and, And there's this pressure. You don't even sometimes feel it, but it's there. And the world would like to do you like a cookie cutter. Kind of cutting a shape out for you that may not be the shape at all that God has in mind. Because he has in mind Christ being formed in you. But we got to be able to recognize that that tension and and recognize that I'm not going to accept being conformed to that cutout. I'm going to reject that conformation. And instead, I'm going to embrace the transformation that God has for me. Do you see the the difference between these two things? Conformation, and the world will tell you that it's, oh, this is being free, but it's not. It's a false freedom where you're stuck in a pattern that leads to denigration, damage, and shame. And so God, in Jesus, has come to set captives free. And anyone who's captive to a conforming to the patterns of this world, God's come to bust you loose and you get to partner with his plan, and you get to reject the confirmation and embrace the transformation. And so everything I just said, I wanted to put it together in one simple statement that could encompass today's message from the scriptures that we're going to read. And, and it's, simply, uh, it's simply this. I'm not constrained to confirmation. I'm trusting God for transformation. That's the main idea of this message. I'm framing it as a declaration. I'd like you to try saying it out loud with me one time. Ready, say it. I'm not constrained to being conformed. I'm trusting God and being transformed. Say it one more time. I'm not constrained to being conformed. I'm trusting God and being transformed. And you know what? It never stops. It never stops. Even if you've been walking with Jesus for 30, 40 years, guess what? you're still being transformed. And, and, and right now, I want to ask you to embrace this idea and take, uh, take some time to open up the scriptures with me to Romans chapter 12. So open your Bible up to Romans chapter 12. And uh, this series, Inside Out, what we're going to do is take five weeks together to plow deeply into one chapter of the Bible, Romans chapter 12. And so you have... You ought to just go ahead and if your Bible has like a a ribbon, you know, put the ribbon on Romans 12 because we're going to be there for a while. But I want you and I to embrace together that God wants to do a deep transforming work in each one of our lives. 
and it begins from within. It starts on the inside. And it is a work that God is doing. We're beginning there, understanding that he is the one who is at work until Christ is what? Is fully formed in you. But that doesn't mean that we don't also make some effort. And that doesn't mean that we don't also tend to some of the things on the outside. In fact, what you're going to see through Romans 12 is that it's a transformation that does begin from within, but moves thoroughly through our lives until it shows up on the outside. And that's where we're going in this series and in this message. And I'm, I'm urging you to, to learn to recognize that that world-shaped cookie cutter, whenever it comes your way, the patterns of the world, and, and learn to observe and recognize them so that you can uh, not get caught up in them. But let's jump into Romans chapter 12 right now, verse, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We're going we're gonna to deal with the issue of the patterns in just a moment. But it's important to me that we begin where, where the scriptures begin in this journey of transformation. And it's in verse one, one more time, I just wanna ask you to, to read that with me. Just verse one from the screen, nice and strong. Go. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It, it says, offer your bodies to God. And if you just think about this for a moment, your body is the place where your spirit and your soul are integrated into one that makes the you, you. So your body really is a, is a, is a word that reflects the totality of who you are. It's the very core essence of you. It's as though God is saying, if you want to be changed, you want to be transformed, let's go into the depths of who you are, your very body where your soul and your spirit are integrated and knit together, and why don't you just offer all of that to me? And you can trust God. You, you can trust God. You can trust God with all that you are if you have his mercy in view. And that's what we read, isn't it? It said, in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy. You know, for some of us, when we think about coming to God, I wonder if, if maybe we have something else in view. Like maybe we, we have God's judgment in view. And that has an effect on us. It probably makes us want to kind of back off a little, not come close. Or we may have God's penalties in view. And so we're, we're wanting to come close, but it's out, out of uh, being afraid to get everything right and to perform. Or, or, or we might have uh, God's perfection in view, and we then feel distance because we're so far from that. And all of those things have their place, and we could add to that list. But here in Romans 12, it, it says, in, have God's mercy in view. Everybody just say mercy. 
Come on, mercy, mercy. If you have God's mercy in view, then what you're going to begin to recognize is that with God, there is forgiveness for your sins in every moment. If you have God's mercy in view, you know I can come close to him because he wasn't looking for me to be perfect. He's letting me come close, covered by his mercy and his forgiveness. And, and so I have God's mercy in view. When I have God's mercy in view, I am appropriating to myself a healthy understanding of the grace that he paid for on the cross. And that I get to come with an expectation of his favor, a, a gift that I could never have earned. When I have God's mercy in view, I know that I'm accepted and not by virtue of how well I've performed, but simply because of the virtue of Jesus. And so I want to have God's mercy in view. That motivates me to want to come close. I want you to just, just take it this moment right now to, to get the, the slide right. Mercy. You're forgiven through the blood of Jesus. You're accepted through the blood of Jesus. You're being redeemed through the blood of Jesus. You are held by the faithfulness of Jesus. You are given entry and access to the throne room of God because of the blood of Jesus. You are redeemed for all eternity because of him. And so you start with God's mercy in view. If you have God's mercy in view the way I was just describing it, can't you feel yourself wanting to draw close? I'm not constrained to being conformed. I'm trusting God and being transformed. But the trusting God piece is where you begin. Transformation begins with trust. Your trust in your heavenly Father to be as merciful and good as he has revealed himself to be is what will allow you to bring the fullness of who you are your body, the depths of who you are before God. If you do that, if you do that, you will be elevating God over everything about you that you wish could be transformed, even if you don't even know about those things. And it's what will open the door for God to do the transforming work in a deeper way. Isaiah 64, 8 says this. It says, you, Lord, are our father, and we are the clay. You're the potter, and we're the work of your hand. God is wanting to do the transforming work. It's who he has revealed himself to be as our father. Right? Just shout amen if you're with me on that. But in order for us to... To experience this transforming work, we, we do need to recognize that there can be other influences on our lives that aren't from our, our Father's shaping hand. And it has to do with the patterns. Didn't, didn't, we, didn't we read about that? I don't know if anybody remembers uh, when you were younger. Did anybody when you were a kid, you, you play, with, play with this? Do you remember this? Spirograph? Anybody? Show of hands. Spirograph, okay. I think I remember playing with this as a kid, and um, when I was thinking about the patterns, whenever I read this section of scripture, a few things come to mind, and this is one of them, the patterns. And this, this spirograph, it's all about the patterns that you're going to make because of the patterns that you're using. And if you really think about it, uh, when you do the, the spirograph, the, the picture on that paper is the product of the pattern. That sounded good. That was pretty preaching right there. The picture on the paper was the product of the pattern. Something about preachers like in the letter P. I don't know. But the, 
these, uh, these, these little things right here, these are, these are the patterns, right? And, and you learn pretty quick when you're doing spirograph that if you don't like the picture, you change the pattern. And then you're going to produce a different picture. And uh, last night, I, I busted out the spirograph with, with my daughter. It's been a while for me personally, but... I guess I forgot about how actually it's kind of difficult. And so I started doing a spirograph with her. And the first one I made, it was this one. And I'm not too proud of it. It kind of looked a little, eh, meh. So I worked it, tried a few more times. And finally, by like the third or fourth try, I actually made a half-decent one. I was kind of like, I did that. Wow, actually, the pattern did that. But then uh, the true artist stepped up. And, and my daughter, like in three seconds, made this amazing one. It's just like, let the pro take her place, you know? But it's all, it's, it was all the result of, of the pattern and, and changing, out, changing out one pattern for another to get a different picture. But you know what happened? We were sitting there doing the spirograph, and can I be real with you? I was thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this tomorrow when I'm preaching. I thought to myself, I'm going to just bust this thing out and right in front of everybody, I'm going to start making some pictures <laughs> and, and, and show you how easy it is to change out the pattern. But what I found out was, man, I was ripping the pieces of paper and, and I was making holes in the paper and things were looking foolish. And even though it's true that to get a different picture, I need to put a different pattern, what I found out was that it's actually kind of difficult sometimes to change that pattern. And I think that's important for us to recognize that, you know, it's all well and good for the preacher to stand here and say, yeah, just change the pattern in your life and you'll get a different product. But I also know it, it can be very difficult. And, and I want somebody to hear this today. It's not a snap of the fingers for a lot of us. For a lot of us, it's going to be a process that God's going to take us on. And the scriptures reveal this in, in 2 Corinthians 3.18 where it talks about the journey he's taking us on being one that's recognized and characterized as being from glory to glory. As in, there's going to be a little bit more and then a little bit more after that. And, and for some of us, though, what we do need to catch hold of is what is revealed in these scriptures in Romans 12.2. And I want you to make sure you catch this. Romans 12.2. Do not... Do not conform. Why don't you read this with me? Go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We'll just stop right there. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. For some of us, man, we've just kind of gone on autopilot, just going along with whatever the world was throwing at us in terms of what we're going to think and what we're going to believe and where we're going to go and what we're going to do with our, with our family, what we're going to do with our resources, how we're going to keep living, and it's messing us up. And I think God is calling for some of us to snap to attention and to recognize not all the patterns that we've gotten used to are from him. Some of them are from the evil one, and we need to put them aside. But, but we, we have to be able to recognize when a pattern uh, ha, has set itself up in our lives that isn't from God. It can happen very easily. So a few weeks ago, I, I was out in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and I got to visit Pastor James Franz, and he, he was like, hey, let me show you the town, and he, he took me down to Broadway in Nashville, and you, if you've never been there, it's, it's crazy, you go, and, and it's like a, a million bars on every side of the street and every side street, and we went there at 11.30 in the morning, and 35 bars in a row, there was a live band in every single one, 
And between each bar, there was a cowboy boot store or a cowboy hat store. And as we're walking by, I was just thinking to myself, man, if I lived here and if I started hanging out here, if I started going there every day, which I'm not necessarily recommending, but if I was hanging out in a country western bar next to the cowboy boot star, next to the cowboy hat bar, store bar, whatever, I might start getting influenced by that. I mean, the pictures of the horses on the range and the bullhorns hanging on the wall and the spurs everywhere and the twang of the music about bad relationships and all that, it would start probably affecting me, you know? And I, I might start, you know, downloading Luke Combs songs and I might start thinking about uh, cow- where am I going to get my cowboy boots? I might wonder how much a horse would cost, you know? Like, it, it would probably just happen, you know? I was walking with Pastor James and I did, so I looked at his feet just to make sure. No cowboy boots, not quite yet. But yeah, anyway, we, we had a good time. But I was just thinking, there's a, there's a way in which the, even the places that we are a part of can have a pattern about them that can affect us and influence us. And what I'm asking you to do, if you, if you want to be on this journey of transformation that begins from within, you need to be on the lookout for the patterns that you've submitted yourself to. And you need to consider whether maybe it's time to, to change out some patterns and to put off some, some old patterns because some of them need to go. More than you even know. Romans 12, 2a, again, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, so these patterns, let me get a little bit more personal. I mean, it was funny to laugh about cowboy boots and Western songs for a second. But let's be real. Let's talk about some of the, the real issues of, of patterns that can kind of come up in some of our lives. Like, for example, I might be in a situation where my kids do something that really bugs me. And so I just escalate and escalate and explode and cuss and scream at them. I know I'm the only one in this room that has any experience with anything like that. I know, I know, but just trust me. But do I, do I like the, the picture or the product that that pattern produces? The resentment, the bitterness, the chaos, the strife? No, then I need to put off the old pattern. Uh, or, or maybe I'm, I'm, you know, in a store and I'm thinking about, oh, I really want to really get my finances in order, but I really want that fishing boat. <laughs> Cabela's got my number and I want it and I'm going to, I mean, I can, they got financing and I can put everything else on that credit card and then ship that credit card over here and, and like we've always done and find the 0% one and, and I, could, I could do it. But do I like the product that that pattern produces? The, the sense of stress and pressure about how am I going to pay all those different bills? No, then I need to put off the old pattern. And I need to figure out a different way of doing things. I, I, I'm online, and I'm just scrolling through th- some things, and I just see that one little link, and man, it would sure be a shame if anybody knew that I was clicking on it, but they won't know. So let me just go ahead and click down that rabbit trail, and whoa. Do I like the product that that produces, the sense of guilt, the sense of shame and secrecy and hiding and the way it messes up the relationship? No. Then I need to find a way to put off that old pattern. I, I, I could go on. But I want, I want to, instead of going on and, and putting examples out there, I want you to do the soul searching. 
for just a moment. And maybe you don't have to do it right now. Maybe you do this a little bit later this week. But to ask this question, are there any patterns in my life that are, that are producing a picture that I don't want to be putting out? And could you be brave and courageous to identify what those patterns are? And the first step is to just be willing to do some introspection, to be thinking about it a little bit. Because with that spirograph thing that I was doing with my daughter, I told you, like, I found out pretty quickly, it's harder than it looks. Like changing out the patterns, it's easy to stand here and say about it, but actually doing it was, was difficult. And here's what I know about the, the patterns of life. Sometimes they're difficult to, to even recognize and, and even harder sometimes to put off. I'll share with you a little bit. Over this sabbatical in the summer, I spent uh, almost three weeks of the time in the sabbatical doing deep level inner healing therapy kind of work. I spent a week at a, at a place in, in Colorado where it was every day, all day with this counselor, David Cartwright, just like un reading my mail. And, and you might look at me and think, well, wait, no, why? why'd you have to do that? You don't have any problems. You're the pastor. <laughs> Man, that, every single one of us, if we're honest, we need to deal with some stuff. Some of the patterns started before we even had cognition. Some of the patterns go way back, and, and it isn't until I'm, I'm dealing with someone who's helping me to peel back the fifth layer that I get to, ah, that's where that started. Was that thing that happened in kindergarten, and I don't know why it got stuck, but it did. And, and, and to do the work in the spirit to then put off that old pattern and to get free. And don't we follow Jesus? And didn't he say he'd come to set the captive free? And some of the captivity is captivity to patterns of this world that are breaking things up for you, and you can change. You can be transformed, and it comes through a trust in God. Romans 12, 2, again, it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind. What are you willing to do? Can, can I ask you to take some, some time this week? And here's what I'd like to ask you to envision doing. Imagine yourself sitting down uh, on, on a chair in, in a quiet room in your house, if there is one, <laughs> or at least in a quiet moment, and you take your, your phone or your tablet, you chuck that thing in the kitchen and leave it there, and you sit down in, in a chair, maybe for five or 10 minutes, if that's all you have. If you've got an open notebook or a journal, that might help. But sit there for a second, take a deep breath, know that you're in the presence of God, and just ask this question. God, are there any patterns in my life that are doing me no good? that aren't leading to what you have for me? Ask the question, and then let God begin to show you, speak to you, help you see, and something will probably come to mind. If for, for somebody, it's gonna be this one place, and it's, that's the place that you, it's, it's part of your life, and you just go to that place, and it jacks everything up. Write that down, that's, that's part of the pattern. And then the next step is, God help me to put that thing off. And here's a third step. You call somebody else. Maybe they're from, from your connect group at Centerpoint Church, or hopefully you're in one, or you're going to join one in a few weeks, but, or, or, or at least somebody who knows you and cares about you, and you tell them, hey, I'm dealing with a thing that I'm trying to deal with in my life, and I wanted to say it out loud to somebody. It's this. Name it, and then believe God to give you the strength to put it off. 
This is how you're going to find a transformation that begins from within. And when that old pattern is gone, there's room for a new pattern from God to mark your life from eternity. So just, just one more time, Romans 12 in verse 1. It said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Anybody here love to, to worship? I, I love to, to worship. I, I, I love it. Like, this morning they sang that new song. I found out after the service is called Names. <laughs> that everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Man, I, I just heard it today, and I found myself thinking, Oh, I want to keep singing that song. That's a good song. I'm going to get it on my playlist. I'm going to go sit down with a guitar and open up the lyrics and start singing it. I will. And, and that's going to be great. But singing a song like that or standing up here and lifting my hands, those are good biblical things to do. But I think for, for every one of us, there is a different kind of worship that God is also inviting us into. And it's this. It's to offer your, your body to him. All that you are. All that you are. Mind, body, soul, and spirit all knit together with that word body. Offer it to him. No stone unturned. Nothing hidden. All given to him. And as you do that, you're going to feel the work of God peeling off some things that need to get peeled off of you. This is the transformation that God has in mind for you. Would you offer your bodies to him? Believers, you, you're, if you're a believer, you've been a believer for 30 years, 40 years, maybe 50 years, you're not done. There's still more. None of us get to stand and say, yeah, I've arrived, I'm done. No, all of us get to keep on offering our bodies as a living sacrifice to him. I want to urge you to do it. For someone else, uh, the truth is this is all kind of new for you. And here you are at church and you hope to be able to you know, grow and, and learn some things. But it all starts with this, with offering your body to God, the fullness of who you are to God. And in a moment in time, in one moment, everything can begin to change for you. If you would give yourself to God through Jesus Christ and receive his gift of mercy and forgiveness of sins. And I want to make sure we have some time for somebody to do that uh, here and now, today. And I'd like you all to pray with me. And let's take a moment and pray over everything that we've just been uh, taking in in the scriptures. And so just join me for a moment and let's be in God's presence and pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for the goodness of the invitation to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that happens as we worship you and give our whole selves to you. So Father, I pray for some of us that you would begin to help us to identify the patterns that we just got used to. We just put this into our body again and again and again. We just go to these places and do this stuff again and again. Oh, we just always hang out with those people. And when we hang out with those people, we go there and do that. Is it doing you good? Is it producing a picture that you really want to put out in your life? And if not, 
then today's the day to begin to say, God, help me. I don't want to keep perpetuating that pattern. Help me, God. And he's a good helper. For somebody, today's the day to maybe for the first time simply say, Jesus, here I am. Would you forgive me and save me? Do you know, for every one of us who it, it, it loves God and is a believer, it all began with a moment like that, a simple moment of recognizing, I can't fix myself. I need to be forgiven. I need the forgiveness of a Savior. That Savior's Jesus. And so for somebody, today's the day, once and for all, give him, your, give him your life. Ask him to forgive you and save you. So Father, I pray right now you would awaken somebody to your mercy for maybe the first time ever. And Lord, that in this moment, there would be a, an eternal gift given, a gift of salvation. So while we're praying together, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I don't know how this is ever going to happen for me. I'm telling you, it starts with a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't know where you stand with God and you want to be right with God, take this moment right now to say yes to Jesus. For real. For yourself. To say, Jesus Christ, I give you my life. I present to you, like it said in the Bible, my body. I, I give you my life, Jesus. For somebody, this moment is your moment to finally ask Jesus to forgive you and save you. If you want to ask Jesus to forgive you and save your life, would you right now raise your hand with me? Just raise it with me really high as your way of finally saying, this is it, I'm giving my life to Jesus. In my left over here, I see you, ma'am. That's great. And if there's anyone else, I don't want to miss you. Right here in the middle on my right, both of you, thank you. That's excellent. Is anyone else right here in the middle on my left? I see you, man. It's great. This moment, and, and then my right in the back, both of you over here and there. Thank you. Okay, those of you who had a hand raised, our ministry team is going to hope to connect with you over the next few minutes, give you a Bible and stuff. But the most important thing is right now you had your hand raised. Could you just connect with God together with me? Like this, something like this. You just simply begin this way. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Everything starts there. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. You can say it with me. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Just say it one more time. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. And just say, I give you my life, everything. The good, the bad, the ugly. Here I am. Jesus, I'm yours. Just keep going like that. Jesus, I'm yours. Would you forgive my sin and save me? Just tell him, Jesus, I believe in everything you did on the cross. I believe that you paid the price so I could be forgiven, so I could receive mercy. And I'm asking for that mercy. Jesus save me. Just say it like that. <laughs> Jesus, save me. There's a lot of people that would like to say, no, you got to do this and do that. Just begin. Start. Start with this moment. Jesus, I give you my life. And then just tell him, thank you for loving me and saving me. Jesus, thank you. I, be, I would bet everybody in this room could begin to say, Jesus, thank you. You got something, right? Jesus, thank you. You could just say that. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you that you're, you're moving right here and right now, bringing about salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just join me for a moment, every single believer in this place, in saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me, for saving me. Thank you that you have a plan for my life. Thank you that you have good things in store for our community. God, thank you. Why don't you stand to your feet for a moment and continue praying with me. We're not done yet, but I want you to just stand in prayer for just a couple more minutes. And every voice, would you just simply begin to say, Jesus, 
thank you. Say it with me, Jesus, thank you. And what is it? What are you thankful for? Thank you for forgiving me. Say it. Jesus, thank you for restoring me. Jesus, thank you. What is it? Say it. Jesus, thank you. Come on. Come on. Say it with me. Jesus, thank you. For what? For what? Say something to him. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you promised heaven to me. Jesus, thank you. You set me free. Jesus, thank you. You put a new song in my heart. Come on, what are you going to say? I don't want to do all the thanking. I got a lot to be thankful for, but don't you. Every voice with me. Jesus, thank you for. Say it. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. What is it? You say it to him out loud. Pray together. Jesus, thank you for giving me new life. Jesus, thank you for putting your spirit in me. Come on, come on, what are you thankful for? Don't be so quiet right now. Jesus, thank you for church. Pray. Pray, Jesus, thank you. Come on, come on. If you, if you could lift your voice a little bit louder, be a little bit bold in this moment. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If that's all you got, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the hope of heaven. Thank you for the friends that you placed around me. Thank you for what's going on with my son. Thank you for how you're moving in the life of my husband and my wife. Thank you, Jesus, for, for giving me hope for tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me encouragement. Thank you, Jesus, for breaking fear off of my life. Jesus, thank you for giving me peace in my soul that displaces the depression. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing a laughter to bubble up inside of me even though I'm facing difficulties. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a, a sense of happiness in your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for how you're giving me a, a healing work in my body. Come on, so, somebody pray with me. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody have a shout of praise to simply say, thank you, Jesus. I won't hold back. I won't hold back. I won't hold back my praise. Uh, no, I won't hold back. No, I won't hold back. No, I won't hold back my praise. My praise. Yeah. Praise you, God. 